Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today I am talking with a friend of mine, Braden Doherty, um, who writes for his projects Dakota Mill and Brother and Son. You can find all of Dakota Mill's music online wherever you're streaming music, but uh, the Brother and Son stuff isn't released quite just yet. Um, I saw him open for John Bryan in Toronto uh, late last year, and he played a bunch of those songs, so I'm really excited for him to start releasing that Brother and Son music. But for now, you can follow along with his um, his songwriting and some other stuff he's got going on uh, through Brother and Son on TikTok and Instagram. And of course, you can check out Dakota Mill there as well. Um, we talk about songwriting and, and drawing inspiration and creativity from different places, whether that is life experience or, you know, stories or putting yourself in somebody else's shoes or something like that. Um, and then we also discuss kind of how it's difficult at times to bring people into your songwriting circle, but it can really be beneficial and ultimately result in a better product, which is kind of what you're going for in the long run anyway. We also talk about navigating social media and trying to promote your music on there uh, as an independent artist. And then we also talk a bit about some of the other stuff we have going on and other hobbies and passions in life, like bus renovations and travel stories and stuff like that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Brayden and thanks for listening. had one in college and we uh we had the well we were in college we had this online code for um what was it papa john's that the pizza uh, yeah the yeah. pizza and you put in the the code on uh online and on any order you got 50 percent off every that's, time that's you it. did it so all through college we got some wicked deals on that's papa killer. john's pizza until my buddy mentioned the code on his podcast. <laughs> we didn't even think that anyone listened to the podcast, but he said it once. Ever since he did that, the code didn't Shit. work anymore. So, oh, man. yeah, I haven't done a podcast since, man. So you're kind of breaking me out of my you, little uh, uh, hatred. You got any codes you want to you want to spoil? You got any cheat oh, codes no, or anything? No, no, no. I'm a vault now. Oh, man. <laughs> well, sweet. Brayden? It's nice to have you on the show, man. Pleasure to be here. Um, I just had Joey, who is your bandmate in Dakota Mill. Joey, uh, who was who just dropped you. No, he didn't drop you off, but he came by with you. Um, and he was on, I think maybe like whatever, a few episodes back. We did it at his place, but we talked a lot about that album you just recorded in 2022, uh, Nonsense, the EP, and that was pretty cool to hear about that process. But yeah, sweet man. Thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll have to do one with the three of us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for thanks for having me here. Yeah, man. But yeah, well, stoked to do one with Joe too. He uh, he's definitely got the gift for gab, so I'll try <laughs> I'll try to follow in his footsteps. Well, it's only fitting he's got the longest episode, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you want some of the spring water? Please, that would be great. There we go, man. Wonderful. I actually just heard a, a fuck. What was it on? It was an old episode. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, Your Mom's House. Oh, I do. Yeah, it was uh, an older episode. They had a water a water connoisseur on, <laughs> and uh, it got me fired up. So now I just bought this spring water because of the minerals and shit. So let's. Uh, oh yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm a. I'm a big advocate for uh, sparkling water. I love it. I don't. I know you do a bunch of like camping and traveling and stuff, but uh, one of the coolest things that I did, I think it was a couple years back, I went to Algonquin Park, and uh, went to like a no motor um, lake and stuff. So it was past a couple lakes anyway so it was pretty pretty remote um and then we went to the middle of the lake and dropped this like pelican water purifier thing in there pulled it out and then you, you know you let it do its thing for whatever 10 minutes and then you got like water from the lake and it was then you just drink it from there so that's so cool it was really cool man yeah but there was something about it where um i don't know it's just cool to be like there's a lake full of water and let's we be able to drink it you know? yeah that's you so that helpful often. to have too yeah. i actually should look into getting one of those i i've seen like the kind that you can 
and they're pretty expensive, I believe, but you can stick in like a boggy water and like suck it, like drink it right through the unit. Like a straw? Like a straw kind yeah. of thing. And it purifies it. I don't know how reliable those are. <laughs> <laughs> just like, sure, you can do it, but you get violently ill after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, never been to like, uh, I've been to Thailand and stuff, and, and I've never been to Bali, but I know a lot of people that go to like Indonesia or, or travel there, they a lot of times will drink the tap water or something and get some, oh, goodness. I think they called it Bali belly. Bali. While I was traveling around Australia. Oh, <laughs> Everybody geez. who went over to Bali and then came back would have some like, you know, something from the water would make them just out of both ends. And then yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I call that the yogurt tube. What happens when you squeeze one of those in yeah. the middle? <laughs> both sides. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Sweet, man. Um, yeah. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, uh, well, I've been meaning to talk to you about your music and stuff, but I was just curious to know, because you do, you kind of have two separate projects of uh, Dakota Mill and Brother and Son. And I was looking through, I know you post a bunch of stuff on both like social media accounts and everything, but you haven't released any music under Brother and Son just yet, like officially. Nope, I have no. not. But you have, you have songs, obviously, right? Because you yeah. played um, a bunch of them at the John Bryant show over in Toronto like a couple months back. Yeah, that was back in uh, December. Yeah, it started December. That yeah. show was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you played some of them there, right? And then a couple Dakota mill tracks as well, I think it was. Uh, just the one. I mm. brought Joey up uh, for the last song there. and We played Better Days together. Um, but yeah, I've got a lot written for this project. Basically, it's just there's kind of two sides to my writing. I write a lot of like indie folk songs that kind of would be good to support a full band production. But then I've also got uh, songs that are, are just good stripped down, played acoustically, mm. kind of like chicken picking folk songs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd kind of just released the project just in order to keep creating and like putting out music mm. with both instead of just like, I just, I always found like you kind of, if you write a lot, then you're releasing, then you're waiting on kind of promoting that properly. And if you have kind of two projects, you can promote them at the same time or just keep mm -hmm. kind of putting out songs. And I'm talking like I've already released stuff with brother and son, which I haven't <laughs> at all, but, uh, <laughs> someday I'll be putting out music on both. That's the goal, right? Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. 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 And it, ah, man, it's such a, when would you say you kind of started the brother and son, I guess, project idea? Like when did you start kind of writing songs and being like, this isn't for Dakota? Oh, like for years. Oh, okay. Like I've, so I've always had like songs that, um, that I think, could be well the, the, the good thing about working with joey is i could bring him any song and we could make it work together and, and yeah. he'll produce it so well yeah, yeah, yeah um but then there's also songs that just don't need like a, a lot of production to to them right so um yeah but i i've just been writing constantly just to write for like since i was like 13 years old yeah so really? you yeah writing when you're 13 uh, shit. sorry no i got my my own timeline mix that's when i started playing guitar and then oh, okay. probably a, cu a couple years after that i started writing no way man. so yeah yeah four, i'd say like 14 or 15 is when i started writing and Still. it was all garbage songs <laughs> back then but yeah that's when i started when i started writing in high school um so yeah, i've always just ha been sitting on like a lot of songs, some good, some not good, but I, yeah. for, for the first, like, uh, so many years of writing, I just took the approach of quantity over quality. I just mm. kept writing, kept writing. And then like, because I've just sat on a lot of songs, I've been able to kind of, uh, go back and find old songs. I'm like, okay, that is very like juvenile, but maybe I can build off that. And I've actually like, had Dakota Mill songs that have been revamped. And even on the, mm. the songs we're sitting on for this record have, I've wrote 
a lot of them in like 2018, 2019. So hmm. they're pretty old in my mind, but yeah. yet no one's heard them. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to understand that too, from your own perspective, right? You're, to know that, that you've heard every second of them and you know them so intimately, but you know, to someone like me or something, I would be, it would be brand new to me, fresh. And it, yeah. it would, it's kind of hard to, it's, yeah, it's important to understand that, but it's impossible to really like, how are you going to interpret this? Cause it's new to you, but it's so old to me. Yeah. It feels like it should just be gone. I, I get that trap a lot too, where I like finish something and then it'll be old and I got to move on to everything brand new, but you're right. You don't, you know, you can recycle a lot of stuff and bring things back around, but like, where do you keep most? Is it like a voice recording that you kind of have stuff oh, on? Or yeah, just... I've got thousands of voice notes on my <laughs> phone. Like, my whole phone is just plugged with voice notes. Yeah. Whether they be like half songs, full songs, or just ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm just on my computer. I I would I like the idea of doing the old school paper and pen and yeah. writing songs that way. But I just that's not how I ever did it. So I'm just always kind of like typing out ideas and okay. then deleting. I'm such like a a new age millennial writer. Yeah, interesting. But uh, so your lyrics mostly and stuff you'll type. You'll oh, type it's away. all typed out. So yeah, because yeah, I'll play and kind of write lyrics as I go. Mm. Um, and I just I guess I just find it easier just to delete and write something new rather than erase yeah. or scratch something out on paper. But I have written songs on paper before and those ones are cool because like if there's almost um more of a sense of permanency when you're when mm-hmm. you're writing like pen to paper yeah it's just like maybe that's just me being lazy it's like i don't want to <laughs> scratch this out and rewrite it so i'm just gonna be happy with this <laughs> well i think there's a way too because it takes longer to write it down so yeah. you almost want to you almost you don't, I don't know, it, may, it might waste a couple seconds of that idea and then you you know, you know had a trail going and then because you were focusing on writing it down, you kind of yeah. lost it a bit. So ty- I feel like typing it, I never do it, but I think that's just a nice way to just be like, oh shit, there it is, da 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 it's done. And then you're back on the guitar or something. And you can even just keep typing shit where you're like, you know, oh, whatever, the sun falls down the mountain and then I think it should go down to the lake or something. You keep typing away instead of just having to write the lyric down and sitting and thinking what's next. You yeah. Can, you can like type the the scenery or whatever you're going for. Yeah. So yourself, you, uh, you're always pen to pad. Mostly. Yeah. yeah. Or mostly, uh, I, I kind of, I guess intertwined a bit. I used to write mostly that way where I would just sit down with a guitar and a notepad, um, and then just write some stuff down. Cool. But now I think I record a bit more or, or write a bit more with like a, it, it would be nice if I always had a computer with me or something where I could, I like to have the, the kind of the beat down or the melody down and then then I can kind of have freedom to just think about the vocals and how that should go and just play something on repeat yep. instead of having the guitar in my hand. And I like to have sort of a, a beat with it or a drum with it or something. Yep. Um, I find that just helps like spark the how, how the vocals should really feel, um, for myself at least. For sure. But uh, And I've been doing like a lot of, it's interesting because I've been doing some co-writes where some of them are strictly based on the programming, like barely play an instrument and then others are you barely touch the computer and you only write with two acoustic guitars together you know Love that yeah so it's interesting that um sometimes you get different i don't know products out of each one so it's uh it, it always makes you think like how creativity it's not just one thing where it comes out like it'll come out differently in different ways you know if you were writing in a cabin in the woods versus writing in you know some dark corner and <laughs> in a shitty basement or something yeah yeah <laughs> you'll have different you know creative sparks 100 percent, yeah and i i shouldn't say i never do the the pen to pad um i definitely there has been times it's more so like if i i'll like if i'm traveling i'll bring like a pad with me so if i get an idea but it, those tend to more so uh fall into like poems that i write and okay. sometimes i'll use those poems into lyrics for songs but uh, a lot of the times I find that I'm just writing words on paper. They just tend to be kind hmm. of poems. And then sometimes I'll transfer those onto the guitar or 
they'll just stay poems, which is actually something that I, I did for the first time at my show, uh, last show in Toronto was that I actually just printed a bunch of lyrics and poems I've, I, I wrote and, and sold them or just kind of pay what you oh, can yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I did see those um, there. yeah, I bought a laminator, which felt really adult. <laughs> uh, that makes it official. You can yeah. sell something that's laminated. Hey, that's what I mean. And see, <laughs> if my dad is listening, he doubted that idea. He's like, who's gonna, who's gonna pay for words on paper? And you know what? I paid for my laminator and more. So you make that money. Listen to that, quick. Barry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody grabs paper that's just fresh paper, just raw paper. You're yeah. like, I can have this, right? Yeah. You lamp, put some plastic around that yeah. shit? That cost money that's an to item. make, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. I <clears throat> I was um I I it's interesting to think that way. You'd think that people who write songs always write so I because I never write uh, just to write words down. I, I've tried to get myself in that rhythm and I've done it a few times, but I always feel like I need to put a melody to it. So I'm, it's interesting to hear like you also write where you'll just write words down without a, a song in mind for it. Yeah. And I, I, me and Joey have talked about this at length, uh, a, because we live together as you probably touched on in the last podcast you did with him, but all B because we listen to music and write music completely different. And that's kind of why we, we complement mm-hmm. each other together mm-hmm. so well, in my opinion. But like lyrics are the first thing I hear in a song. When I listen to music, I notice the lyrics first. And lyrics is probably the strongest attribute of my writing, mm. I would say. I'm not that great of a guitarist. Like I'm okay for the style that <laughs> I, I play, which is folk. So it's not overly com- complex to begin with. Um, but yeah, like, so I'm, I'm always just thinking of lyrics. I, I would say I'm more of a lyricist that mm. can play guitar than a guitarist. Okay. That's um, cool. so I, it's kind of always the music is supporting my words. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just kind of a different approach. That's just, uh, just the way I'm wired, I guess. I'm not too sure what, what that's about. But. Yeah. Yeah. The words, just, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, it's like almost like somebody who plays drums. They're always hearing a, a drum beat or something. <laughs> they're always yeah. walking around to a BPM or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you're if you're focused mainly on, is on the lyrics, like um, absolutely, it would make sense why you would just be inclined. So, like, what are some of the things that you would not necessarily I write a song about, but you would just feel inclined to just write about in general? Is it mostly like life experience or? I would say so. You know, like sometimes so. I like telling stories. Sometimes I'll get an idea or an idea will just like come to me and I'll write a story about that. That has nothing to do with my life. Like I, Mm. or like for practice, I'll just pick a style of music and I'll try to write like that. Like I love outlaw country, but I am not cool enough to (laughs) to be an outlaw country guy, but I'll try to write in that style. And I, I think I can write in that style. I just don't have the cool voice for it. Johnny Cash. Oh, you know, I wish like, yeah. Coulter wall, like that kind of stuff is real cool to me. Um, but you know, like that's, so I've written, uh, I've written songs about like cowboys and outlaws and like that has nothing to do with my life. Right. I'm not, I'm not a cowboy yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in any sense of the word, but, uh, <laughs> I'll just kind of run with the story. Um, writing in general is just something I, I've always liked to do. Even in high school, like mm. I took the creative writing classes and mm. I just loved writing stories. I've written short stories before. No like, way, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, definitely storytelling is a big part of of my uh, musical writing, but then I'll also, uh, songs will just come out naturally, which I'm sure this happens to you too. And you're like, Whoa, I have no idea where that came yeah. from. And the cool thing is, uh, what I've noticed about songs is that I'll write a song 
And I have no idea at the time what the lyrics mean. And then a couple months down the road or a year down the road, those lyrics will be mm. so relevant to my life that it's like, what Weird. the heck is going on here? <laughs> like, I, it's kind of eerie. It's happened yeah. so many times that I'm like, there's got to be an explanation for this, but I don't have it. So you'll write like a song in a moment and then in the future that that moment that you made in the past is like what you're going through. Yeah. Weird. Eh? It's super, <laughs> super bizarre. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's moments something like that where you'll be, you'll think like, am I, am I running back through this right now? Or what's the, what's going on right now? Yeah. This feels too familiar or something, you know? It's that whole thing about the matrix, man. I yeah. don't know who's controlling it, but it ain't me. I don't know. The more you think <laughs> about it, the crazier it yeah. is. I remember thinking when I was like really young, maybe, I don't know, maybe like 12 or something, but maybe that's not that young, but just, I remember vividly thinking one day, like, the fuck is going on here like i just remember having that clear thought of like wait where i think i must have been learning about space or something yes (laughs) oh man i I don't i don't think i listened to the podcast you do with joey i don't think you touch much on this but if you get joey talking about space he's into space oh Oh, big time yeah Yeah. big yeah i would love to hear what he has he could yeah you could probably have a full podcast episode of him talking about space or magic i don't know if he kept that secret from you too no i did he did actually throw some magic tricks at us the other day because i I think I did something where I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'll get a, you pull a card out, I'll guess it, and then so somebody just ripped a card out of a deck, and I guessed, and it was wrong. I was like, how cool would that have been if it was right? And then Joey just goes out of nowhere. He's like, does the exact same thing to me, but he guesses it right. And I was like, how the fuck did you do that? He does it again, and he does it again. So yeah, I, I figured that out uh, maybe last month that he does magic, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know he's space. good at it too. Yeah, I know. We, he as does. a joke, we used to have a deck of cards on Dakota Mills Rider. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we ever. I don't know if we ever got it. Uh, probably not. <laughs> we never got <laughs> I don't it. think we ever. Because we actually just carried a deck of cards with me because it was fun to do in the green room. Yeah, like yeah. Joey would just, well, all wow the band, even though we've seen it a million times. We're like, yeah. It's like, so cool, man. It's super cool. But yeah, one day, one day we'll get a venue to fulfill our rider of a deck of cards. Deck of cards. That'll, that's when we know we've made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Red Skittles and a yeah, deck of cards. That's or right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's sweet. I didn't know. I didn't know. But I, I used to, that's some of, some of my writing comes from that too is about like time and, and space and that kind of shit. I like, I like, uh, thinking about those concepts and yeah, they're super abstract. So it's mm-hmm. fun to sing about them. But, um, yeah, I, I, speaking on that, like where you like to make stories and write about those stories, not necessarily directly related to your life. It's uh, I think it's an important practice because if you only write about things that you go through, I mean, it's definitely going to be relatable because it's super honest and, and raw. Like someone's going to, um, relate to that because you're being, you know, totally transparent but you know if you only do that then it does become hard to um write about other things and what if you're not going through something in your life and like does your creativity slow down um because you're not inspired in your life or something and you don't know where else to draw um creativity from so well yeah it's it just gives you a a less nuanced way of writing like it 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 really narrows your field of who will relate to it Mm -hmm. you know because um i certainly haven't lived like a lot of people have lived and maybe a lot of people haven't lived how I have lived. We've all just been walking our own trails, right? Mm -hmm. So like if, if you only write about yourself, then you're really only like people are going to pick up on things that are very relatable to you. Yeah. Um, which is good when it happens for sure. But also like, I mean, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but, uh, But yeah, I think it just, if you write about different topics and, and you practice kind of just 
different storytelling techniques, then you're kind of using that shotgun effect and maybe someone will pick up on, mm-hmm. on a portion of a different song and be like, Hey, that's cool. And then they'll find some other songs. And, yeah. Yeah. And even still, like if you're kind of abstract about what you're writing about, like let's say you're telling a, you know, an outlaw cowboy story and you throw in just a line that's a bit ambiguous on a love thing or love and travel. Maybe somebody's like, this is my going through a breakup as they're traveling. They're like, that's the line. Like, yeah, you know, she, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. Cause a lot of the time it really just takes one, one line. line. Yeah. One and line. you listen to that song and, and hit that line and you're like, that hits my heart pretty good, man. Yeah. But what's the weirdest, I don't know if you have this on, on deck, but what's like maybe one of the weirdest concepts you've written about? Like maybe something just kind of strange or, or a bit out there. Oh goodness. That is a great question. The weirdest thing I've written about. Probably going to spill this coffee when it pours. <laughs> I got to think about that. <laughs> wow. I can, uh, you couldn't have given me like a prep sheet. Eh? I should have. Like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> one of the, I'll give you one in one of the recent ones I, uh, we wrote about, um, I do this, I do this kind of monthly writing session with uh, a few of my buddies. Uh, we started over the last year. So we've compiled like, got like 15 songs now and we want to start putting them out. But the one we did a couple weekends back, we wrote about, um, there's this podcast called Radio Rental. And it's a uh, long story short, it's just these people that come on and tell about wacky stories that have happened in their life, like paranormal or just crazy encounters with, you know, like some of them are a bit weirder and ghosty and alieny, but some of them are, you know, it's like somebody ran into a serial killer or some crazy oh, shit. So yeah, yeah. it kind of goes to the spectrum. But the one that we wrote about was this kid who, when he was growing up, he, uh, he spent like a couple weeks in the backwoods of his, you know, his parents' house. And, and uh, he met this like young girl back there too when he was a little kid. And they were playing together, but she was kind of weird because she would like give him cigarettes and, and not, it was kind of not adding up. Anyway, end of the story. Um, he finds out that, I sorry, this is a total spoiler for anyone listening, but he finds out that she's... Um, you know, and he, she's like an older lady that was dressing up as a young girl and playing with him in the woods. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So it's like, though you should listen to it, anybody with spoiling the end, but, uh, it's a wacky story. But anyway, that's one we wrote about. Yeah. Well, but, I, I've, I've wrote, written about, uh, paranormal, uh, experiences before. Like one significant story that I can say, uh, is, uh, so I grew up in a small town, uh, called Kilbride. And uh, there's a like an old pioneer graveyard kind of in the heart of the town. Mm. And a couple of my buddies live very close to that graveyard. And they can tell their stories way better than Dude. I'll ever say. But they have stories. And I didn't I never grew up really like believing in ghosts or paranormal stuff. But they from their stories and even what I've experienced, it's like very hard to deny because I just simply don't have any other yeah. explanation. Like for your experiences at their places. Yeah. yeah. And like and around that area. And mm. I'll just share one quick one. So I love ghost stories. Man. Oh, th- this one. I hope I hope it lives up to your expectation here. But um, OK, so. Yeah, like I said, I grew up in a small town. We, If we didn't know everyone personally, we at least knew their faces who would be walking mm. around because it's a very friendly town. Everyone would say hello while walking on the street. So it's a, probably about like midnight, and uh, me and a couple buddies are walking down uh, one of the streets going towards the, the graveyard. And uh, it's a street. It's very dark. There's, not, there's like one street light on it so it's already kind of spooky to begin with so we're walking down and as we're walking down the street we see this uh this lady walking like towards us and we're like okay that's kind of odd like we're the weird ones being out at this time but okay whatever as we're as she approaches 
we notice she's wearing like uh, a kind of like a sundress, an old school bonnet, which was super weird. That's a is that a hat? Yeah, bonnet, like yeah. one of those like old like bonnet things. I don't know how to describe. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. Use, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and carrying like a children's sand pail. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Bizarre. So we walk, and as we kind of like. We're walking down the side of the road. We kind of walk more into the middle of the road just so we're not like directly passing by her. Mm. As she passes by, she doesn't look at us at all. Like just looks straight down. So we're like, okay, that was super weird. You know, on the side of the uh, side of a road, you've got that kind of like all the little pebbles and you can hear your footsteps. Mm. Right. So we hear her walk past and then we hear her feet stop. So we're like, all right, that's. Kind of bizarre. So we turn back around and she's facing us. Oh my God. <laughs> How far away is she now? Oh, uh, she's probably like 15 feet. Okay. Yeah, okay. 10, 15 feet. Oh God, dude. She's staring right at us, looking directly at me. She says, You're so beautiful. And I go, Thank you. And we turn around and walk, probably like maybe 10, 20 feet. Turn around, gone. Oh God. And it's a road that like all the, the driveways are pretty clear. They, mm. They're pretty long driveways. So if she turned up a driveway, we would see her still walking. Yeah, There's yeah. no way. Like I have no idea where she went. She just kind of wow. gone. Yeah. Man. And the thing is, is me and those two buddies like brought it up a few years later when we were in high school. Cause I think we were like in grade eight or something when this happened. And we told like the near identical stories like years later. Right. And, uh, yeah, it just, like, I seriously do not have an explanation for what happened there. I mean, even if it was a real lady. It's, it's still, still weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. still, like, what, what are you doing up at this time? Wearing a bonnet? Like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Like, nowhere close to Halloween, either. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I think you had the best answer. Thank, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Th- yeah. Thank you. Yeah, just be kind. <laughs> Always be kind, everybody. Oh, my gosh, yeah. man. That's, that's pretty creepy. Oh, dude, those stories, they must have in those... Um, you said it was town Kilbride? Kilbride. I'm sure it's probably in like those books. My parents uh, live in Port Perry. Oh, yeah. And so there's a bunch of like that ghost road and shit up there. So Yeah. Yeah, man. I love hearing it. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the best one I have. That's and I grew up in one of the oldest farmhouses in the town. Um, but I really don't have, uh, like I have really minimal experiences at my childhood home, which mm. it's, if there was a house to be haunted, I feel like it would be my house the but, old farmhouse yeah totally. but i don't have really any memories of crazy things but my buddies like i said that live around that graveyard yeah. have gnarly stories yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting man like that stuff um just ghost stuff it's cool because there's so many stories about it and it's just like there's got to be some truth to it is it is it all bullshit a hundred percent of it is just explainable yeah. or or delusion or whatever it is like Truth. Can't be 100%. No, truth lies in the middle. So if there's yeah. even a percentage of weirdness going on, that means that there's some wacky shit in the universe we don't know about. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm into that stuff. Oh, I, I'm, I'm into that too. And I, yeah, that's I think that's only... definitely more probable. Like to think that we're, we are the most superior beings that knows everything is so narcissistic yeah. and just probably not. I didn't uh, even know what a bonnet was, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you'll Google it after this, though. Yeah. yeah. Hell no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like a bonnet thing. Yeah. Um, you said so that was uh that was when you wrote a wrote a kind of song concept based off of like that yeah lady. and i have actually haven't done anything with that yeah with that song but yeah i've i've written a couple of uh songs on that topic i'm still trying to think of the weirdest one like i've got i've i've written lyrics that i they kind of tell a weird story but 
like they're just really obscure lyrics and I don't know what they mean, mm. but I like the song. It's just like, yeah. it's just weird stuff. Um, but yeah, like I can't think off the top of my noggin, like the weirdest that's topic. A pretty, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get back to you cause I'm yeah. sure I've got something weirder. Yeah. But maybe it just doesn't even make sense. That's a cool one though too. Cause it happened to you. you know? It did. That's yeah. That wacky. one. Yeah. I might not be a cowboy, but I've lived that. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's, um, yeah, I, I think that it's important to, to exercise that side of creativity where you, you you know, you make up a story or you have like an experience like that where you're not really quite sure what it's all about, but you, you kind of draw some, something from it. Um, it's pretty cool. And I think it's kind of like going back to what I was saying about just getting out of the groove of writing about one thing. I, you know, I, I did that a lot where it would all just be things that I related to. Um, but then I was like, you know, it'd be cool. Like, so I started reading more books and just kind of trying to draw things out of those books on whether it was the story itself or a character in it or like one perspective from a chapter. Um, it's just kind of more fun to, to do it. And then it, then it's really started getting me more on the, on the line of like, okay, before I start writing this song, what's it about? Um, but then the, with that being said, it's also fun to play some chords and just start singing some bullshit and see what comes out of your mouth. And then maybe there's a cool line that doesn't necessarily mean anything in that moment. But uh, as you, you're like, actually, that could be something. And then you build the song off of that. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And like something that I do uh, or I've, I've done recently is I've picked a song or like a song idea that I've heard. And I'm like, mm. I like that. I'm going to try that similar idea. And like I'll a song you, you've listened to? You, yeah, yeah, I'll give you an example. So the rapper Nas has a yeah. song called Rewind. Okay. One of the most brilliantly written hip hop songs, in my opinion. And uh, he tells a story in reverse. Okay, like, it's cool. unbelievable. It's hard to explain with that, but I, like, listen to the song and you'll get it. Like, so I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to like tell a story from the ending and work backwards. Yeah. His is way more complicated than, <laughs> than what I ended up doing, but I essentially did it. And what I, the, the end product was, uh, so I kind of chose an easy topic of like, okay, I'm going to start at like a bad divorce. Mm. And then I'm going to talk about like a couple's life and like in each verse, it'll be like a different, um, like a different memory or like milestone in their relationship. So like when they got pregnant, when they had like had their children, when they got married, mm. then the proposal, then like the first date and it was all in reverse. Mm. And the end product was pretty cool because I ended up with a song that I can play like front to back and back to front. And it doesn't lose uh, like a continuous storyline. Right. Like it, 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 it makes sense either way. That's, that is really cool. Yeah. Actually. That's a new way. It's almost like, yeah, falling in love, but backwards mm -hmm. from, from a, being in a shitty position. Yeah. It That's ends cool. up like, like it starts off devastating and ends super happy. Yeah. And then if you play it the other way, it's just like ends horribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It'd be cool. I, yeah. That'd be interesting to just go back and forth with them and then, you know, halfway through the song. Yeah. A, a lot of hip hop, um, like, you know, Kendrick Lamar and stuff and a lot of that style of music, man, it's, I mean, Sorry to interject yeah, yeah, here. Uh, I think my car alarm is oh, going on, and I've got a story about this that, <laughs> okay. that happened this we're morning. We're paused. We're paused. Unpause. Unpause. Your car alarm was screaming. Hip hop's awesome, but you have yes. a <laughs> Okay. So yeah, talk about this car alarm. Okay. So uh, I stayed over at Joey's house last night because he also wear, uh, lives in Guelph. That's where we are right now, and uh, I get we go to bed at like two a.m. So it was already kind of a late night, and I get phone call at 6 a.m. Okay. All right. And then I get another phone call at uh, 
at 6.30 and then I realized, oh, it wasn't just one phone call at 6 a.m. It was two phone calls at 6 a.m. and then another one at 6.30. I answered it. It was the Guelph police. No shit. Yes. Oh, and telling me that my car alarm has been going off since 2 a.m. Oh, fuck. And I have to come and, and shut it off. Yeah. My car is parked at Joey's brother's complex, so which is like a hop, away. skip and a jump. Just over, probably just like a five minute walk, but at 6.30 in the morning when you're like in a dead sleep, seems like a mile. Yeah. And you kind of can't blow the police off, right? No. Like, that's the only person that you can call, other than his brother maybe, like, this pissed me off, turn it off. Yeah, I will be honest, <laughs> I I thought about blowing off the police. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. So I go, and I don't, and I don't, my car has done that before, but like not in the last year, and I Weird. Googled it, and something to do with some sensor that when it gets wet, but it wasn't like wet last night at all hmm. so i don't know what happened anyways i go shut it off i didn't want it to go off again i didn't have any tools like usually i would just unhook the battery and then you're good but i uh so i i just thought okay if i leave the car unlocked maybe it won't do that but i didn't want to leave anything in my car with it unlocked so then i get everything in my arms and walk back to joey's and uh yeah then basically just go back to bed uh <laughs> and uh yeah everything everything was fine nobody uh nobody got upset at me at the time like the cop was was pleasant and everything but then when i walked back to my car this morning on in the snow someone wrote thanks i don't know if that's sarcastic or not but yeah. uh i just want to to apologize everyone in that complex <laughs> if they're listening that i am very sorry that my 09 honda fit is not working properly who knew Shit happens. Yeah. Wait, was that thanks written in the car? In the snow on the car. On the car. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's sarcastic. (laughs) I'd be pretty peeved too, but yeah. I was I was thinking that you were gonna say that uh, somebody broke into the car and then had stolen something and wrote written thanks oh for leaving goodness. it unlocked. You know I haven't really checked. I didn't leave much in the car, but yeah, that now you're making me worried. So sorry about that. That happened to me once. Uh, well, I was like, I was, sh- um, was kind of driving one of my dad's cars. It was a Jeep and it had like a cloth kind of top. And somebody had cut open the top. And the only thing they stole from it was my booklet of CDs. No. I was like, what the fuck? Just a fan of music. <laughs> yeah. Huh? They're the worst. I was you- like, well, I hope you like that music. Yeah. You know. No, music fans are the worst that way, dude. Always take, take, <laughs> Always take. stealing music. They never, yeah, they never want to give back. <laughs> I'm sure he used LimeWire back in the day too. You can guarantee that. Yeah. You can guarantee that. I know the type. That dude torrents everything. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we're out here starving. You know that's a dude. That's a that's man behavior right there. Yeah, dude. That's just an analog torrent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like a surprise pack. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. What time do you have to take off at? It's almost um, two. Ah, we're good for good. uh yeah, good for a little bit. I don't wanna cool. I wanna I wanna wrap and have yeah, a good, yeah. good one here. Okay, cool, man. Um I guess, yeah, if we want to bring it back to your music stuff, I, I'm just curious because it's um, I'm kind of going through some of it too where I'm starting to release some new stuff this year. Uh, but a lot of it, it's kind of been a different process of writing because I've been doing a lot more of it kind of in-house like myself with producing and stuff. So how do you, where kind of what's the biggest complication for you right now for having all this brother and son material? Um, like what's the next thing to kind of start getting some of it out? Like what's your what's your mindset with that? Okay, so my whole thing with this project is, um, and something that I've really lacked in the past with everything, every project I've done, is just a social following. <laughs> just being an online guy, it's not a strong suit for me. So it's hard, yeah. For this project, like, 
I'm confident in my ability to perform live. I'm confident in my ability to bring people out to a show. But, uh, so I've kind of got like the old school approach to music. Um, like I, I know the way that area works right. and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, this new age importance and pressure put on to be like constantly on social media is not mm-hmm. as comfortable of a spot for me. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm really focusing on with this project. And I'm really trying to grow kind of a social following like on TikTok and Instagram and stuff prior to releasing music. Cause it's, it's a hard feeling like putting a lot of effort, time and money into something and then it just kind of feels like it falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Which it doesn't like people yeah. listen, like people that are important in your life and you know, in the stuff in the past is like, it's not like it's going to nobody, Yeah, but it's not like, it's not reaching the audience that, I think we think we deserve as right. creators as kind of like mm-hmm. self-absorbed as that might seem like you just put a lot of effort into your art and you want the most amount of people to, to kind of listen to it. But yeah. anyways, uh, as a long winded explanation, but I'm just trying to grow a, a social media following hmm. with this one before I kind of uh, release any music. Other than that, some other barriers that uh, I find myself in that holds me back from releasing is just like, I have a, a Tascam tape machine, so I'm always like, oh, I just want to record to tape versus <laughs> just like getting things done digitally because it's so much more efficient doing it digitally. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, but I have cool. this and it's, it's cool. cool. It's yeah. got that cool factor, but it's like, I'm not a recording engineer. Like I know I can do it. I, I did go to school for it, but I... I'm not someone like Joey that just has a knack for it. Like I, my like attention to detail isn't just as mm. as like narrowed as uh, as someone like Joey. But anyways, that's another thing. So I'm always kind of like, well, I want it done this way, but it's probably makes more sense to do it the other way. Right. And then it's that. And it's just like kind of a motivation thing. So. Yeah. Well, that's the one like writing the song is like a step of it, getting it done, you know, and then well, I guess that could be another step producing and getting it done, whether it's acoustic or full band, whatever. And then, yeah, getting it, getting it, um, just totally finished it. And then, you know, marketing it and all that is like so many different steps to completing a song and then recording. It's a huge part of it too. Uh, whether you go to a studio, pay a bunch of money to get other people to record it or, you know, you know, absorb a lot of those costs and do everything in your own space, which you can totally do, but you're right. You got to know a bit about how to record, where to set up the mics and, because, you know, the, every little bit of quality you lose through each step is going to result in the final product. And then it would be a shame for somebody to not le- hear the song just because of the uh, recording quality. Yeah. Nowadays, it's so easy to record something that's, you know, maybe not the top 40 standard of production and quality, but at least like listenable and enjoyable and not too far off that no, somebody's not going to hear it and have this massive contrast. Yeah. And like also, yeah, not getting. Yeah. Yeah. To, to go on to that is uh, like another thing that kind of I find myself being held back by is just like not exactly coming with up with excuses of not to release something. But I definitely do that a lot. It's just like things aren't I'm kind of I'm trying to strike a balance between like having things not perfect and being OK with that to release it versus always having like a polished thing to release. Yeah. Because like, and you kind of have to strike a balance between both. And I think that's why I kind of love the idea of doing things like with a cassette recorder is mm. because you have to just be okay with it or you have to like, because re- I'm doing it live off the floor kind of thing, one mic style. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of have to play like 
as perfect of a take as you can in one go. Like there's not much editing. I mean, you can kind of punch and stuff on it, but yeah. I just, it's, tough. it's tedious. <laughs> yeah. It's so tedious. So it's like, you, it, it's good in the, the sense that it kind of like forces you to be okay with your mistakes mm-hmm. and just kind of move on. There's some beauty to that too, <clears throat> right? Cause people appreciate those, you know, if you, if you hear those things that aren't exactly perfect and you know, if you're doing it where you're playing just guitar and singing and there's something a little imperfect about it or or whatever a voice crack or something on the string slides and it's not perfect perfect but it it just adds some uh like character well it so does and i love hearing that in music me too man. like so many of my favorite artists are like for example tallest man on earth his early mm. stuff is all just him recording to tape and it's all oh, one it mic yeah no one shit. mic one go i'm pretty sure i mean someone might fact check me but i'm pretty sure his first couple records are just him recording at least it's got that vibe to it 100 percent, right? yeah. it does and I know for a fact that he recorded vocals and guitar at the same time. I did cool. read that somewhere. And uh, and I love all those little flubs or the little imperfections mm-hmm. within music. So why am I not okay with myself doing it? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like I just have to be, you know, because music isn't perfect and it, maybe it shouldn't be. You know, some sometimes it's good to have an absolutely polished thing. But yeah. a lot of the time, especially what I do, I'm just sitting with an acoustic guitar just writing folk songs you know like it's <laughs> something i i'm just trying to what what i want to capture with this new project is just this is how i write songs right because even dakota mill songs the the songs that i that i write um versus the songs that me and joe like write together the songs that i i bring to the table they are just folk songs. I always write with an acoustic guitar. I mm. never write with an electric. All the like, Dakota Mill stuff. It's like all that just so EP all so. when that's stripped down, like they're just kind of folk songs, and then we build it into a full uh, right. band production. And I realized like a year ago that I don't have anything released that reflects how I write a song. Hmm. So that's what that's I wanted to do with this project. Cool. Is that I just want it to be bare bones. Just want it like how I write a song is how people hear it. Yeah. You know, cause there's, there's beauty in like a really simple kind of arranged song as well. So. Yeah. And then even with that too, like you said, you can go back and add uh, like, if you just do them all acoustic with your voice and then add some stuff on after, if you wanted to, then, you know, that's totally possible, but that's yeah, a cool way to, to do it. Um, and it's interesting <clears throat> to hear you say that the like most recent Dakota Mail stuff with that EP is all written that way too. Cause listening to it, there's some songs that I would, I guess I could say I could hear them being, you know, only an acoustic guitar vocal, but there's so much production that it just kind of, it, it, they worked really well together. Sometimes like a song you write just with your own guitar in mind, sometimes it doesn't really reflect well if a whole bunch of other shit jumps on. You can kind of write for two different ways like that, but uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the way that you and Joey write together and stuff that just has a nice fusion of, seeming produced and written versus also being raw and acoustic you know yeah and that just that that really touches on just joey's level of like professionalism like Mm -hmm. he he is so good at bringing out the full potential of a song i write like he's just we've been writing together for so long now that he like it's like there's almost like a a formula for mm-hmm. a Dakota Mill song. Like I think it's not like you hear one song it sounds no, like totally. the other. It's like like that's not what I mean by formula. It's like if I bring him a song, he'll automatically kind of know what I am hearing, even though I don't even 
know right. what I want from the song yet. He'll mm. do it. And I'll be like, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why we work so well together. Yeah. Um, and to touch on what you were saying is he's so good at leaving space, which he did touch on in the podcast. Yeah. He did with him the importance of like leaving space and, and giving parts breath and like, and he does that a lot because he knows that, the song is just kind of a, a folk song. So he lets that shine through and everything else is just kind of a support to that. Yeah. That's kind of like the focal point for a lot of the songs. But then also like more recently, Joey has been uh, writing a lot of the songs and he comes up with great chord progressions and we build off that. So that's really changed the dynamic of Dakota Mill mm. because now what was once always just kind of an acoustic guitar song with production around it. Now it's songs that are like have a piano lead. Cause Joey's mm. like his main, his first instrument is piano. So yeah. now songs are kind of being built around that, which just has opened the door to so many other ideas. And the, the acoustic guitar is maybe now just adding texture in the background and stuff. So it's yeah. been a really cool experience. Cause like songwriting has always been such a personal thing to me. I've always just done it alone. Mm -hmm. I, I've not, I haven't done many co-writes because of that. Cause it's not a, a comfort zone. Uh, it, it's that stepping out of my comfort zone as a writer. Yeah. Um, not to say I'm not open to it. It's just something I haven't done much in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's taken a very long time for, for Joey, for me to let Joey in to like that part of me, you That's know? Interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. And he'll be the first one to, to, uh, to testify that it's like, he, I think he actually did say like he had to earn his stripes, you know, I, I laughed at that part because it was so true. It's just like, it's such a personal thing to me that it's, uh, it's taken a while for me, I guess, to trust, trust him enough to let him in. It's yeah. not to say that I d didn't trust him as a musician. Like he's always been such a capable yeah. and amazing musician, but in terms of like I, writing the song, exactly, getting more you know, like, oh, like giving uh, him a part of the reins and, yeah. and letting him like run with it. Um, and the songs we have written together are my favorite Dakota Mill songs. Which one on the Nonsense EP did he have the keyboard uh, chords for first? Nonsense. It was that yeah, song. Yeah, it was okay. that song. They, so that's the one that he's got like the really wicked piano solo yeah. in. At yeah. At the very end? At, uh, I think it's like right between, so first verse, uh, I think it's like right between the, like the first verse and the oh, okay. chorus or something. I might be messing that up completely, but yeah, I think it's might smack there's out in the middle. There's one keys solo he rips in the, on that EP that's... Uh, or maybe it's better days. It sounds like a, a guitar at first. And then it kind of, it was interesting. I can't remember. Is it an electric piano? Solo? Yeah. That is nonsense. Yeah. Oh, okay. That okay. Is nonsense. I thought it was electric guitar first, but yeah, it's yeah, killer solo. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah. So that's a song that he wrote chords to. And, brought some lyrics and then to I wrote the, the lyrics to it. Yeah. And, and there's been a, probably about half of the songs on this record have been written that way is mm. he's come up with the chord progressions and then I've written the lyrics over and you know, um, what I've noticed and what I've realized is I am just as happy doing that as yeah. I am writing the the song on guitar and stuff. Because like I said, the guitar has always just been a, a support for my lyrical Your writing. Words. And I'm just as happy as slapping lyrics over a song that he wrote or someone else wrote as I am like writing the, the guitar part. Yeah. I love writing guitar parts too, but it was just an interesting uh, realization when and I only realized that from doing it, so yeah. that's the importance, I guess, of doing co-writes and kind of putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, I agree <clears throat> with that. But I think too, you got to be careful with the co-writes because sometimes, unless unless you're like releasing a bunch of music with you know and writing for other people, but um, sometimes it's hard 
with a co-write because you know if you both like a song it's like well who releases it do we both release it do you, you get it who who has the song yeah so sometimes it can be tricky that way and also with your time you know you want to finish the things you're working on and if you always have co-writes going on it's hard to you know, you're, then you're chopping out because now you got to, it's not just a co-write that day. Maybe you follow up with the song. So you kind of have to be careful on yeah. who you co-write with too. Cause you know, not, it's no, it's no problem if you, your co-writing doesn't work with somebody else's. You can still be friends. It's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like if we did one and for whatever reason, you're like, your lyrics are dog shit. We can never <laughs> do this again. We could still be friends. Yeah. All right. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we can still play shows together. Yeah. But yeah, it's tricky. Cause, um, but I, I really enjoy them too. But, um, with that being said, do you find it's a little easier, uh, at least for you now, kind of having Joey on a bit more as, at least for the Dakota Mill project. Um, now you kind of split that risk responsibility a bit of writing the songs and now for you when you're alone writing now it's a bit of like less of like okay now I have a song is it going to be for brother and son or am I going to rework this with Joey to be a bigger production Dakota Mill thing um do you find it a bit easier now having him on board so to write you'd be like oh I can just kind of write an idea and now let's bring this to Joey instead of having to have a full song for the project yeah a hundred percent it I think it it's splitting that responsibility is mm -hmm. definitely a weight off the shoulders mm -hmm. like I can kind of take a step back and focus on different things and stuff. Cause he's, uh, focusing a lot on, on Dakota mill, not to say that I'm not focusing on Dakota mill, but it is, yeah, it's the kind of a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. having someone that you can rely on. And, uh, yeah, like recently, probably within this month, he sent me a chord progression and like within a day, like the lyrics just and vocal melody immediately upon hearing it, just like, just came to me. Nice. And then I fired it back and he loved it as well. <laughs> so I'm finding, that is like a really uh, like it, it, it happens with ease. A lot of the time, it's not that he'll send me a chord progression and I'll struggle on it. It's yeah. just immediately yeah. I'll have it. And that goes to with the songs I write, too, is like I'll probably I, most of the time I'll immediately be able to tell uh, if a song would work for Dakota Mill or if it wouldn't work for Dakota Mill. Like hmm. if I write a song, I'd be like, oh, that's a Dakota Mill song. Yeah. And that's happens all the time too. Right. I'm still, I'm still like writing 50% Dakota Mill, 50% solo stuff. Do you sit down with the intention of it or does it just sort of happen? No, not really. I don't think I, I haven't done that. I yeah. just like upon completing the song, I'll be like, you know what? That song is definitely. Gotcha. And, and how like simply I just go, does this song uh, need, or not necessarily need, but would it benefit from mm. being produced? And if it would, then I toss it in the Dakota Mills side. Yeah. And if it's cool just being by itself, then I toss it in the, the brother and son side. Cool, man. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, and like you were saying, um, I, I was interested to hear you talk about the social media stuff because I think that's kind of a, a neat approach to it where you build you you know, you know build a, a, you know, a following at least that online will – because a lot of it now is you, know, you, you put a song on TikTok or something and, and people can like – it's it's silly like people have things to say about the social media but it's no doubt will totally translate to streams if you have you know a song that gets picked up on tiktok as a sound or, or if somebody's do it in that video or whatever it is you know it'll happen where you can you can get a song on there and it'll just be whether it goes viral or just more people become aware of your music it's like that's totally beneficial yeah but there is this dark cloud over social media because of you know, many, many reasons. Um, so it is hard. It's a, it's a fine line to walk on being like, you know, how do I, how do I invest my time into this proactively and not get sucked into jealousy and seeing what other people are doing and, and getting, um, discouraged and all this. So it's a weird place to be, but, um, yeah, hundred percent. And like, it's just, a, it's a world TikTok especially is, mm -hmm. is a world I'm just kind of breaking into just still learning about it. Just 
feel it's like feeling out kind of what <clears throat> direction I want to go with it. And I think the direction I have been going and I will still go is just be as much of me as I can on it. Totally. You know, and like Mac DeMarco is a really good example of people falling in love with a character mm. and, and just a personality. Like people, I, I think in my opinion, at least he always seemed like a likable guy, like a guy that you could have a beer with or whatever. And I think that sold his music just as much as his music did. It's cool as shit. It's yeah. cool. Like <laughs> yeah. He just, he seemed like a, like a good guy. And I think a lot of <laughs> artists are, are like that. Um, I think like Tyler, the creator was kind of one of those, mm. one of those characters as well. But, uh, so I think just staying true to yourself and, and just like putting yourself out there. I think people like see that cause they can, they, they like honesty and yeah. they, they like authenticity. Um, so I haven't been limiting my, limiting my TikTok at all to just music mm-hmm. or, or just, uh, like a day to day. Like I don't do like my day to day blogs, but one thing I've been doing is just, I, uh, like building random instruments and then also converting a van that I have. So yeah. I'm kind of just doing a, a couple different things on my TikTok account, which opens up my audience, you know, cause mm-hmm. people that are into van building they listen to music yeah. so they like good music yeah. whether it's my music or not they still list probably consume music so mm-hmm. if they're they find you via a van build that's still people finding your music it's totally. just like so yeah just kind of have your iron in a lot of different fires yes yeah. that's a good way to think of it too just to be yourself on it so that yeah. it maybe it's like you don't think about yeah you know will people will this be uh, an engaging thing or are you trying to follow all the trends of what's popular on just be yourself on it and like you've done something interesting too where you've posted a video not necessarily i don't know if it was the exact same video but like a concept that was the same um a few different times and you know they'll all get different amounts of views and like you were saying that banjo guitar you were making that thing almost has like a million yeah, views on, that, on there dude. that did way better than i ever <laughs> would have thought that is like something that an idea that came came to me like just out of pure boredom and and wanting to try something out. Like Mm -hmm. I don't play banjo. I play guitar. I love the sound of a banjo. So how can I kind of cheat this? And the banjo guitar, like you can buy them in stores. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's an instrument that's been around forever. Um, and it's an instrument that I believe has been hated in Nashville forever. I don't know (laughs) if they've warmed up to the concept yet, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so like I, I just wanted to find a way to, get a banjo sound without having a banjo. Uh, it totally worked, man. And yeah. And like, <laughs> I also, one thing, because I'm not a banjo, all the banjo purists are going to probably hate me talking about this, <laughs> but I hate sitting with banjos. I think it, it's probably more weird. If you like sitting with a banjo, having a big metal drum in your lap is just so uncomfortable. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like what if I have a guitar body with a banjo in it and gold tone has <clears throat> excuse me, electric band guitar that it's like basically a Telecaster body with a drum head in it. So oh. they, they did that, but I haven't, I've seen one other guy like from years ago on YouTube, uh, do kind of an idea like mine. Uh, but he actually just put a, an actual banjo like tension hoop and everything oh. in acoustic and oh. like that, that's the only video I've seen. So I can't say that like, I invented this thing because uh, to my knowledge, this other dude on YouTube did it before like long before I did it. And his looked really, really cool too. Um, but yeah, so I ended up just building this thing. I used a Remo frame drum. Uh, I 
cut a big hole in this acoustic guitar. Uh, I got a duct flange for like an HVAC system. I used that as the hoop and screwed that into the guitar body. Um, and yeah, I just filmed the process of me mm. doing it. And I don't know whether it's people's love of seeing like a bastardization of an acoustic guitar or just a weird instrument, but <laughs> it, it got a lot of traction and way more than I could have ever hoped cool, for. Man. That's cool. Yeah. It was, no, it, like uh, just, you know, being somebody who watched it, that just saw it on my feed and whatever. It's, it's cool. Like to see it's interesting it's like what the fuck are you doing with that guitar and then it works it actually works it turned out way better than i could have ever imagined like i i the next step that i'll be doing is i'm trying to figure out how to put a pickup in it so okay, i yeah. bought and like the whole build cost me 150 bucks so putting like a usually i would put like a and k or an lr bag system in a guitar if i was going to put a pickup in it but I, I can't justify putting a two or three hundred dollar pickup in a hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> banjitar. It's yeah. such a silly idea. Um, so I uh, I basically did like the Amazon suggested purchase, got a really cheap piezo pickup. Nice. And yesterday was it? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday I did some <clears throat> some filming and kind of trying to test it out. And uh, so for those who don't know, a piezo pickup is a transducer and it, it picks up the string vibration through the bridge. So essentially, you usually um, glue or stick with adhesives these three um, transducers to underneath your bridge of the guitar. And then they pick up the vibrations through the bridge and turn that into uh, uh, turn that into sound. In other words, magic. Magic. Yeah, <laughs> magic. Anyways, not to get too, uh, too, too technical, but... Uh, yeah, it, when I stuck it, so I stuck the the pickups uh, underneath the, the head of the banjo and plugged it in, and it sounded great, okay? So it worked really well plugged in, but the only problem is because they got adhesive on it, they dampen the drum. So when you play oh. it acoustically, it sounds <clears throat> muted and it doesn't sound twangy. But picked up, it has. Pick it. up, it sounds great. So for live, it would sound great, but for recordings and just jamming on it, it wouldn't sound that great so now i'm just kind of trying to think of like other ways i can put a pickup in it or i guess the easiest thing to do would just mic it for shows but i don't mm -hmm. know i kind of wanted just something i could plug and play just totally. for simplicity reasons but so that's the next step with the band guitar i'm just trying to milk this thing as long <laughs> as i can just carry a little honey tone amp around with you everywhere just <laughs> yeah. clip it on your belt like no, that i do have the... a pig nose actually that's what i <laughs> yeah, was yeah. uh which i was testing the sound on which i think that'll be a really cool tone doing totally, the band guitar through a pig nose just to spit in the faces of all the <laughs> like the pure guitarists out there. <laughs> Is that what you were playing? Because I saw a video of you playing it. Was that before you put the actual uh, pickup in, or yeah, was that I, those, oh, okay. the videos I have me playing it are uh, just mic'd? Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, that'd be sweet. Throw a honey tone or something. Yeah, just put it on your belt like in uh, in uh, School of Rock when he's running around the classroom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll have to nail his moves. Too. <laughs> I fucking love that movie, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I think that's a good way to do it. Like social media, just to, I mean, as, as far as like an independent person, if you can have that backing, then you're kind of like setting yourself up well for, yeah. you know, cause you, you just want to have a good home base over everything that just leads into streaming that leads into your shows that leads into your music. It's, it's totally, it's so hard to cultivate, but once you start getting 
traction, it's great. And if you can do it in an honest way, like you were saying, then then you're set because then you're not like confused on who you're trying to be. Yeah. It's just natural, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I struggle with that too. Like, what the hell do I post? Why should I even post anything? You know, I should just be working on my writing. But then, like you said, if you do that too much and, you know, you look up and you go to put something out, and you don't have you don't even have a TikTok account or an Instagram account. You just wrote all this music. It's like, well, that's awesome, but you know, maybe it is really, really good. But if you send it to publishers and labels and you have nobody listening, it's like it just gets swept under the rug. It's more than just writing a good song oh, uh, it these is. days. Yeah, which it, is, it's so much is, yeah. But it's still still as important as it was, but there's so much more to it now, which yeah. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know what the point of that is, but it's just saying like it's it's pretty it's pretty uh it's, it's wilderness out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. No one knows how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, oh, people just know how they did it. Yeah. And I, will that work again? Maybe. Maybe not. So. Yeah. You just if you talk to anybody that's done it or and that's any facet of life, they just kind of. I think they stayed true to themselves, and mm-hmm. if they didn't, then they it probably gets exposed later down the line that. Yeah, they didn't. And for, I don't know, I'm just rambling here, but that's <laughs> the moral of the story is just be yourself and, yeah. and people I think will like it. Like if you stay a likable and kind person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, with the, with your, uh, what's it, what's it called? Ariel, the, uh, Ariel, the arrow star. Arrow star. <laughs> yeah, what's like, the, cause I, I was doing a, a bus conversion over the last couple of years. I did know this. Um, yeah. So when you started getting into the van thing, it was, I was interested to talk to you about it. Cause you've got like a big van, right? And then mm-hmm. you've been converting the back of it to kind of a bed yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And this is like the third one I've done. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Like I just haven't videotaped the other ones. So my first one was a 1986 Ford Econline. Big, big big V8 engine in it, like big van did kind of a half conversion, uh, in the back of that one, which I just didn't, I wasn't into like TikTok or taking videos at the time. And yeah. my dad was happy cause he's the one I do all this with. Cause he is like the handiest dude in the world. Nice. And I just try my best. Yeah. My mom's <laughs> um, that way. That's yeah. why I, that's why I've done it with. Oh yeah. yeah that's yeah, what both my parents are, but she's, she's been the one that's helping me out with it. Yeah. yeah the shadows are heavy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Oh, it's, it's, it's a great time. Me and my dad have, have such a good time working and doing this stuff when it goes well. So the first one was a, a great success. I ended up selling it just cause the fuel like oh, consumption was gnarly yeah, and it was my daily driver. I was oh, driving shit. like a V8 and like 1986 <laughs> carbureted V8 engine as a daily. And yeah, it was like, bucks had two gas tanks in it to put, oh, it, put it in God, perspective. Dude. Yeah, it was, oh, it was gnarly. Um, okay. So then I sold that. Then I bought an actual like RV, a mini Toyota RV. Mm. Um, which showed great promise until I brought it home and actually looked at what I bought and it turned out I wildly overpaid for it and it was just rotted everywhere and it was literally the bane of me and my old man's existence. Like we just were miserable about miserable about this thing because I had such grand plans of like renovating it and taking it across the country and it just nothing was working and I was just super bummed. So I ended up selling it two days before uh, I left for out west. And I just hopped in my little Honda Fit and drove that across country. Nice. <laughs> so that's what I did this summer for three months. I was just traveling in my, my car. Mm-hmm. And then on my way back from Vancouver, I drove through uh, Windsor. And the whole time out west, I was looking for vans. I was just like, I got to get another one. I, I like... Cause that was the big thing that I was missing during my travels is like, it was expensive. I was doing a lot of Airbnbs or tent right. camping, which wasn't convenient. Yeah. So it was yeah. expensive. Wasn't just the, it wasn't really the experience that I was looking for. Um, 
Luckily, as I was crossing back into, because I cut through the states, so I went up through uh, okay. Detroit and then went through Windsor, found what looked to be an absolute mint condition van in Windsor. So I was planning on staying, like going from Windsor to Cambridge, where that's where my sister lives, and staying there for the night. Um, but I did a, a little side uh, side trip over to look at this van, and the van was exactly like it looked in the pictures mint it's 1989 ford aerostar nice. 85,000 kilometers on it uh no rust the guy kept it in his no garage way. the entire time he had it which he was like first or very soon after second owner he's had it since the early 90s Dude, that's, that's i lucked out completely like i it, it was fantastic i mean shouldn't say lucked out it makes it seem like i didn't work for it because i searched scout, for this yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> I, like every second i would just be refreshing marketplace and kijiji looking and like so i earned this thing yeah. but i i found it got a great deal on it too and i I love Miss Ariel to bits. That's her. Uh, that's her. Nice, yeah, man. she's uh, yeah. Ariel the Aerostar. She's red, obviously. So Ariel was the perfect name. I was gonna say what inspired Ariel. Yeah, the name. just you it know, is the mermaid. Ariel Aerostar. I'm a big fan of alliteration, yeah. and she's red, so it's not, it's not too complicated. <laughs> <One> two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's what I've been working on now is doing a conversion, um, building the bed, and making a. As much as it's a little smaller than I had in the past, but I, I just went with the smaller thing because now that I the good thing about doing the whole travel and living out of the car for for months on end thing is now I know exactly what I need to bring and yeah. what I don't need to bring. So I have a good idea of of just what I'll mm. need to bring to from for the next trip. So that's the good thing about doing the car uh, car travel thing. Uh, so that's what I've been working on too. And all those videos are on my TikTok as well. Yeah. I'm just doing that conversion. Yeah. So. Sweet watching. They haven't taken off as much as the Banditar has yet, but mm -hmm. we'll see. Maybe, maybe I just need to do some cooler stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> cut a hole through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe the, the Banditar was my peak, you know, <laughs> but I, I do think people love, like me personally, I love how it's made videos like totally man. my whole tiktok feed is just how it's made videos and stand-up comedy bits yeah like I, <laughs> so i i think that's probably attributed to the success of of my advantage star videos it's like mm -hmm. people just like watching that stuff it's yeah. cool and um and especially like different like different people's artistry like i gotta plug my buddy uh nate truax he is a fantastically talented leather worker oh shit and he recently joined tiktok it's uh, at nate's leather you can check that out and it's wonderful it's a beautiful like floral engraved leather he does he does purses wallets uh guitar straps oh, shit. you name it like he, he does like the just uh what i'm getting from him is a little truss rod cover for a resonator guitar I picked cool. up, which is another project I'm going to do. <laughs> um, and I got a guitar strap on order too. And a really cool thing is he made, uh, he's made a number of straps from Marcus Mumford. He made them for him. Yeah. No he, shit. Marcus Mumford like wears Nate's Dude. Uh, straps, How which is hell? so cool. He's made, Oh, he does like leather pick guards. Uh, for guitars, he did one for That's Afi cool. Jervan in the Bahamas. No shit, dude. He's uh, he like will like Waylon. I think it was uh, yeah Waylon Jennings had a Telecaster that was completely covered in. Uh, leather <laughs> and he i think that's how nate kind of started like one of his first projects was uh doing um a replica version of Wayland's guitar okay and yes it's just i that's highly cool. recommend anyone who's interested in, in really fine artistry to mm -hmm. check 
that stuff out because it's a it's falls into that like satisfying to watch kind of video yeah but it's also just like brilliantly like skillful leather work <laughs> it's great awesome, leather work's so cool yeah i gotta check that out i'd be down for a yeah, while nate nate is the coolest dude ever he's, yeah he's one of those guys you look at and you're like yeah i like what he's got going <laughs> you're cool as shit yeah that's i'll check that out that's cool man yeah like getting a wallet or something get yeah. your name pressed in it yeah, that's get so, a guitar so, strap or yeah, something yeah hell yeah yeah that's that's sweet um my girlfriend just got me that strap right there from Senegal. Oh, gee, Senegal. I didn't know I was stepping yeah. on her toes. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't make that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the lady in Senegal is a chick. She's like, I hand wove that strap. <laughs> Talk about that. Yeah. I make those. But yeah, no, that's beautiful. Yeah, man. All that all that handcrafted stuff is cool. I, I always dig that stuff. Like yeah. getting a getting a personal made guitar would be the, the coolest shit. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, seriously. Just getting a yeah, personal made anything or like the the day if you ever got I've got buddies that uh that have like even just string deals. You just kind of oh, get strings yeah, comped. It's like that's so helpful and it yeah. just makes you feel so legit. Oh, totally. <laughs> I bring up my string sponsorship in any conversation I could. Oh, you got a string. <laughs> no, no, I would though. Oh, yeah, okay. I was gonna say large double double. I didn't know uh, <laughs> I didn't know I was sitting with a friggin' icon here. <laughs> Dude, I was, I wish I uh, I I hit up to Dario a whole bunch a few years back to, oh, yeah. to try to get in on it, but uh yeah, no, no luck. Oh, I got dear. a couple free strings sent to me but they were just oh. like hey, that's all you get but yeah, it would be cool to have like one of those save you a bit of money and yeah see i always worked at music stores for the like last six go. seven years uh so i've always been exempt from any kind of like points competition or whatever you can get for oh, the free because uh, like, i because yeah. like i actually i got caught to dario <laughs> does like the players points right um, that like you buy uh, a pack of strings they have a code on it, it's worth a certain amount of points and you can put those points and freaking it's like a loyalty program mm. Well, when I worked at guitar stores, I was doing restrings all day long. So I just like threw to, threw to Dario's strings on the uh, on the guitar. So I got like a crazy amount of points, and I got a couple things before they caught on. They're like, actually, this email has been associated with a retail store employee, and they basically like stop doing that, you jerk. And, I, I didn't know. Yeah, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you think I read the fine print here? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good loophole. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah Dario's great. That's what I use all the time. I still use their strings or I, yeah. elixir when I want to splurge but yes so I'm always bouncing between uh elixir has been always the number one for my acoustic stuff I love it love it um just their phosphor bronze light gauge uh and then I just kind of bounce between that and what I found recently is uh Martin retros have you tried oh, those? Shit. no no so they're made out of Monel which is a different type of metal hmm. and they sound super vintage already like cool. worn in and old and like kind of dry like they're really cool hmm. so i kind of those are my two right now that i use the you elixirs know, yeah. and the models i do like the um the didario uh the x series the white package xs series oh i don't think i've tried those ones those are good those are uh comparable to the elixirs they've got the coating on them oh and, shit yeah, okay i'll try those they're nice yeah. too. i usually just go like the light gauge unless i'm recording then i'll get something that's a little more polished up but oh yeah 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 but yeah Dario's the my go-to yep they're sick um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, and like, it's like, I don't know, like the, with going back to the van stuff, I, I, cause I wanted to talk about it, but like, I wanted to travel out West with it so bad, but the, the hardest thing is like, you got to find one that's reliable, mm. uh, and then decent on gas or whatever, but yeah, it's, that's it's hard, the kicker man. right there, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, doing the, the builds is so fun. And then like, yeah, <laughs> the idea of it's great, but yeah, the, yeah, the gasoline is unbelievable. The uh, yeah. the the inspiration of the drive too. It's like it gives you that motivation for a bit, but then like 
you know, two months later, you're like, I want to go on this fucking drive already. Yeah, I'm yeah, still working on this van. I know, yeah. But my, uh, the one I got was, uh, it's a 1984 um, bus. Oh, yeah. So that's why I called it Winston. I don't know if you've ever read um, the Orwell book, 1984. No, I haven't. But he's one of the main characters in it. I just finished writing the book, or reading the book, and then... Uh, I was like, oh, fuck, this is 1984 bus, 1984, Winston. Uh, it was symbolic to me because I was like, in the book, you know, this character. Like, do you know the idea of the, the book at no, all? No, I don't at all. It's like he writes these sort of like, um, what, do you, what would you even call it? Like uh, kind of like end of society kind of things. Like, you know, um, what is that show? Peaky Blinders, I think is one oh, of yeah. them. Kind of that shit where it's like the end of civilization, but like taken over by this like really organized power and and kind of taking away your freedoms and freedom of thought and all these things and and so anyway 1984 is about the society that sort of just falls into that where everybody talks a certain way the, the tvs watch you make sure you're not doing anything sketchy and you're just always surveilled and and you can only do certain things and this character winston is trying to like he's got this internal separate thoughts of like this isn't right and then he's trying to like find out if other people think that way too and so he's kind of he's kind of like the the last hold of freedom in the book of you know and uh he sort of gets captured and and taken away and and that all fades so i was like i'll keep winston alive yes <laughs> through the bus amazing but uh dude we had to replace the whole floor so we did all new steel in there so no we, we were doing like welding and shit it got kind of crazy but uh but i was it's kind of a nice bus because we you know, doing all that research, found out that the older ones have better engines, uh, so they'll actually last longer across country. Um, they can, you know, the kilometers on the and the mileage will go for longer, and they're just kind of built better instead mm -hmm. of the newer ones are built a little bit more for what they are buses that just drive around the city yeah, instead of yeah. a bus that'll go for days. For sure, is yours diesel? No, it's nope. still gas. Oh, too. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and it's yeah, I forget what the engine is exactly, but I, you know, forums and the power of the internet, you can learn a lot of shit. Oh, <laughs> for real, man! And that, like this whole van life thing is such a like a big culture now. Oh man, that yeah. The, there's so many resources and so and it seems like a little community that's so helpful. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not really in the community, but I I kind of like stay like look over the shoulder of those that are in it and, yeah. and learn. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Like they, there's a ton of resources. You can learn a lot. And uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's what a wicked experience. Like it seems like you're probably learning a lot of uh, so much good uh, yeah. skills to have. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it'll be fun. We, I, we got to finish it this summer and take it on a trip, but uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's been really cool just going from, you know, literally standing in it, like on the ground, like a Flintstones car, putting all the, the metal back into it. Yeah, and no also kidding. working on it with my mom has been a blast too. Yeah. And then my dad's popping in for the electrical stuff and it'll, it'll be awesome, man. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a big project to take on, but it's really cool when, and there's been like, you know, Instagram pages that just have, that's what they do. They travel around and then, you know, the fact that they do that sustains them doing that. It's pretty, it's a pretty cool loop. Yeah. Not that I'm necessarily looking to do like a van life page and, and live that way, but it's just cool to, to see how many people are interested in that. And, and for sure, you know, yeah, they get excited to share thing. around like the information they've learned from their bus reno. Everybody just wants to <laughs> yeah. share that shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> so cool. That the bus thing is something I've wanted to do since I was like 11 years old. Yeah. Me and my two buddies, same guys that I was, uh, I met that ghost with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We always said after high school, we're going to buy a bus, put all of our mountain bikes in and head to BC. And my one buddy is still there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where the yeah. fuck are you guys? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, actually, I visited him when I was uh, out there this summer. But, uh, but yeah, he's the only guy that moved out there and stayed. And yeah. uh, the other, me and my buddy Zach, like he, Zach went to Banff and lived there for a winter. And then I've, I've gone out west probably like 
at least maybe like once a year for the last few mm-hmm. years or once every other year for the last usually, few years. Do you usually drive out there too? Uh, no, actually. This was the, uh, I've driven out there twice and then I've got family in like the Calgary area. Oh, so okay. I'm always kind of visiting them. But nice. So my whole life I've been going out, but flying. I've, yeah. I've done the cross country twice. It's fun, but it's yeah so far, dude. It is so far. You know, like <laughs> I just love driving. Like me I don't, too. It, do, it doesn't bother me at all. It's long, long distances, but you know, I just love cruising. You put yeah. on some music, oh, podcasts, man. like yeah. yeah. Especially you know, whether you're alone or with people, like or with somebody, and doing a like road trips are the shit. Yeah, you know? and that's what yeah. Canada is all about because everybody, everything's so like a going to the grocery store could take you forty minutes depending oh, on where sure. you live. Sure, yeah, and that's <laughs> I mean it's great on one side but on the other side of the coin it's like that's why it's so hard to tour in canada that too you yeah. go to the states you can hit multiple states in a single run but like yeah. in canada you're freaking driving you're between yeah. cities and, and so much of your time and effort is spent commuting that mm-hmm. oh it's tiring and then if you want to fly to do some bc shows to save the drive because maybe you can't do the drive for whatever reason it's going to cost you so much because you got to fly out there with everybody yeah get gear or bring your gear like uh, yeah. and then if you want to drive you got to be like okay well when's our show the 25th well we got to leave on the fifth because yeah <laughs> it takes all year to get there yeah for sure you know what's fun crazy you know what I heard? do you know the artist uh, daniel romano no, I don't. Okay, he's a he's a Canadian. Yeah, he's honestly, in my opinion, one of Canada's like hidden gems. Yeah, like, I he's, gotta check him out. He's fully like a, a self supported artist. He owns uh, You've Changed Records as well. Um, do you, have you heard of the band Attack in Black? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's the he that was his band. He fronted Attack in Black. Oh, cool. And now okay. he's got it. He's for the last number of years, he's had a solo project. Really, really great stuff. One of the most prolific songwriters, I think, is out there. Like. Over the pandemic alone, he put out like 12 or 13 records. It's insane, dude. Jeez. He's like King Gizzard level. Yeah. And um, yeah. Anyway, so the reason I brought it up is I heard that anytime he tours it to Europe, he does not fly. He takes a boat. Is that, does he not like flying? I don't know what it is, if he doesn't like flying or not, but like, yeah, he, he takes, so he cuts out like a week for yeah. travel time, leaves a week earlier than his band, huh. and he takes a ship <laughs> across the sea. I wonder, I wonder, yeah, it'd be interesting to know if it's because he digs that or yeah. he hates flying or like, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's, but like, you know what? If you can do it, do it. Yeah. That's so sick. <laughs> I'll meet you guys over. Yeah. I'm sailing. Yeah, I'll see you in port. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your airport. Yeah, that's amazing. Seaport, bitch. I just got to use that washroom again. Yeah, Excuse man. me. Unpause, unpause. We're back. Yeah, I won't keep you too much longer, man. That has been awesome. Thanks for coming by. And, yeah, and thanks for having me, me. I feel like we could rap all day. Like, I know. I'm sorry I got a jet out of here. That's ah, okay. okay. <laughs> well, well, I would definitely love to, uh, next time you're up in town, maybe do a little writing session with you, me, and Joey. And um, Certainly. We should bully him into doing some lyric stuff, because I know he was saying he wants to do more like lyric writing, too. Oh, does he now? But, yeah, uh, I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. You know, when, I, when me and Joey uh, parted ways in terms of uh, when we lived together... Mm. He wrote me the most beautifully heart-wrenching song. and Yeah? Oh, my God, dude. Like, yes. So this whole uh, spiel he gives about, oh, I'm not that good at writing lyrics. I don't I buy it for a second, dude, because I've got that thing plastered on my wall. I see it every day, and it reminds me how good of a buddy he is. Yeah. I love that guy. Um, so, yes. But, no, we should definitely do that, and we should... Uh, definitely make Joey write more lyrics because I know how good he is yeah. and, and he just needs to do it more. That's, that's usually what it is. Like somebody like 
Usually, sometimes. I mean, somebody could be like, I'm not a good singer and they're not a good singer. But a lot of times they'll sing and you're like, you're not that bad. Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? And Joey's the number one that's, he's so full of shit. He like, he's so humble when yeah, he yeah. could be so, so full of himself because that guy just picks up musical instruments like no tomorrow. Makes me so angry. Well, he's so good. Like he played a show. <laughs> he Yeah, he, like you said, his main instrument's keys, but he picked up uh, a show with me like uh, maybe a year ago or whatever <clears throat> and we were doing a full band thing and he just learned all the guitar parts yeah and he didn't even play a piano it was like yeah. but I kept forgetting I was like oh dude this is your second it's like talking to somebody and you realize their second language is English and you're like damn you knew what a bonnet was your English is better than mine yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> fuck then you speak a whole other one <laughs> That's another thing. I don't know if you got into it with Joey, but he speaks multiple languages. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, That guy, he's a superstar of a human. That's Dude, for sure. Dude, one time I was in Switzerland and I was at a gas station and the gas attendant spoke French, German, and then English to me. And Gee. I was like, fuck. Man, yeah. He knows something about gas that we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool though. Yeah. Um, Anyway, dude. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's get together. Let's do some writing for sure. Be down to do a co-write with you or something. Yeah, maybe definitely. maybe just you, me, and Joey. We do we just try to fucking write a song from scratch and drink some beers. Yeah, that's always fun. Awesome. So, and yeah. where where are you living now? I'm you? up uh, north of Barrie these days. Okay, okay. Kind of split splitting my time between that and Burlington. If I'm mm. like got a couple of shows down in the GTA area, but yeah, most of my time is is up in the northern parts. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, when Joey moves, you're always welcome to crash in Guelph if you ever need oh, it, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, this place is great. It's so warm and cozy. Feel at home already. It's got my fish friends. I haven't named him yet. Yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. What, one should be Babe. That okay. seems like a good pig name. <laughs> <laughs> and Sphere. Oh, actually, if you want to read a dope book, Sphere by Michael Crichton. Okay, Fucking cool. Sweet-ass book. You know, I've been uh, I've been watching too much reality TV lately. Just reality shit, TV? Just shit dating shows. And uh, You know what's fun to watch? Too Hot to Handle. That's a Oh, that is the one out. show I just crushed, and I'm embarrassed about it. No, you know what? I'm not embarrassed about it. I love that show. That show's hilarious. But I need to read a book afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I just got dumber. I got to get smart. I got to read <laughs> So, yeah, give me that literally. dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, cheers. I don't know if you got a water with you. I do. Beauty. There we are. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on, man. It's so great to yeah, talk. Yeah, man. Before we wrap up, uh, where do you want to direct some folks to uh, check out your socials, your music, whatever? Yeah, check out my TikTok. It's at brother and son music. Uh, you can also check out my Instagram, which is the same handle at brother and son music. Uh, I've also got Dakota mill music. Don't have a TikTok, but I am on it. Uh, we are on Instagram with that. Uh, and Dakota mills music is out on, uh, all the good streaming platforms that you like to use. So yeah. you can check out that music too. And then stay tuned for some releases from brother and son. And I'll kick my ass in gear and get those done. I'm really excited to hear those. Man, Cause I've heard them live, right? Or some of them live. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stoked to, uh, to hear some of that. Cool. Awesome, brother. Yeah, thanks well, again, man. Yeah, Pleasure. man. Let's get you off to your show. And uh, all right, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Brayden. You can check out his music through Dakota Mill and Brother and Son online. Um, there'll be another new episode in a couple of weeks with a new guest. And remember that you can leave a review or rating for this podcast and that helps other people find it as well. All right, I'll see you in a couple of weeks.